0: Greetings. My name is Blake Schmieda alongside Nicolette Rojo, and welcome to the American Valor podcast. On the American Valor podcast, supported by the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award Foundation, our goal is to educate and inspire with acts of valor that embody the traits which National Baseball, Hall of Famer, and United States Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller lived by. Citizenship, service above self, and commitment to country in a time of great national need. Welcome back to the American Valor podcast, folks. It is me, your host, Blake Schmidt, and today I am joined by a very special guest and friend of the foundation, Mr. C.J. Loria. C.J., how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, uh, Blake. Uh, thanks for having me here this evening.
0: Absolutely. It is completely our honor to have you on. i um, very excited to hear about your story. Um, and you know what, C.J., I think to keep things interesting here and, and let the suspense build. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and tell our listeners about your story. Um, starting maybe from around the time you decided to join the U S Naval Academy and, and a very special career you pursued after that.
1: Sure. Thanks. Um, the, uh, before, before I get to that, um, why don't I, I back up a little bit? Um, the, uh, so I, it, it, as a, Young child, I, I grew up, uh, always you know, loved aviation uh, from a very young age. Um, and probably about the time I was seven, uh, I set my sights on becoming a, a military or fighter pilot. Um, the, uh, uh, my, my, uh, my father and uh, two out of three of my uncles were all Marines in the Pacific in World War II. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my father lied about his age um, and enlisted at sixteen, and he ended up fighting in the Marianas Islands um, as a marine. So uh, I was kind of predestined with that exposure. Uh, a lot of great, you know, role models um, to to pursue a career in the Marine Corps. Um, and then uh, about high school, you know, I, I learned about the Naval Academy. I I knew at the time, or was planning to have a, a career as a military uh, officer. So I set my sights on the Naval Academy uh, to for my starting point.
0: Well, that sounds great. And uh, I guess my next question for you here, bouncing off of um, you know, your brief introduction here is, um, you know for those who, who might not know and have not had a chance to read the bio, um, CJ has also worked closely with a couple of other organizations uh, you may have heard of here. Uh, CJ was a NASA astronaut and is, is currently working with Lidos as well. Um, you know, so CJ, could you kind of segue maybe a little bit, um, from your career in the Navy to, um, you know, that experience leading you to NASA and, and to where you are today. And, and I guess from there, I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more about each.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, so, uh, I graduated out of the Naval Academy, went to, um, uh, Marine training, Marine officer basic training, six months in Quantico, Virginia, then I flight training, um, my first squadron actually did get f-18s um and uh love flying and love being a fighter pilot uh, just a tremendous challenge a lot of great people um you know both the uh you know the entire team officers in the um the uh uh actually it was about 32 years ago uh this past week um day one wave went for a desert storm i was on that um was quite, quite the eye opening experience. I um, uh, remember uh, when I got back from the mission, I uh, landed and counted the rest of the planes coming back from the strike, and, and we did not lose a single aircraft on that uh, first day one wave one from our base. Um, after uh, Desert Storm, um, I learned about the test pilot school and uh, what test pilots do when I was at the naval academy. Um, and so I I applied to be a test pilot. Um, Didn't make it on my first try or my second try. Um, Actually took me three tries uh, to get picked up. And then uh, I went and uh, went through the Air Force test pilot school out out at Edwards Air Force Base, California. Uh, And at the time I was, you know, kind of surprised. Um, Had been looking forward to, you know, getting back to the East Coast, uh, the Navy's test pilot schools in Patuxent River, Maryland. Um, But uh, going to the Air Force test pilot school out at Edwards actually was, Fantastic opportunity. I get to fly uh, many different types of aircraft, uh, different approaches to training, um, and it was um, it was a year-long course, um, and I, I loved it. And made a lot of lifelong friends there. Um, coming out of that, I uh, was a test pilot at Pax River, Maryland. Um, in my second year there, I was selected uh, to be an X pilot, flying the X thirty-one with uh, NASA in a joint DOD program. Uh, Back out at Edwards, uh, California. Um, That experience um, and the flying and the um, expertise that and distinction that brought uh, helped me in my application to become an astronaut. And I became an astronaut. Um, Entered astronaut training in the summer of ninety-six and was there for nine years.
0: Fantastic. I'll I'll come back to your NASA experience here. Um, You kind of had a a quite explorative, uh, career in, in the Navy. And so I, I'd, I'd be curious to know, could you share an experience? Um, uh, I know you were deployed to Bahrain during desert storm as a fighter pilot. Um, what is one experience there that, you know, really sticks with you and, and something that maybe you reminisce on and, and like to share with others, I suppose.
1: Um, sure. Um, the, uh, very different part of the world. I think that the best part of it um, was the people that, um, you know, I worked with. Um, You know, one one of the uh, uh, greatest Marines I I had the pleasure of working with, uh, I was a quality assurance officer in the squadron. And uh, one of my staff NCOs was Staff Sergeant O'Kelly. Great, great Marine. Um, And and just the the team I worked with um, and the flying, I mean, when we were flying uh, combat air patrols uh, over the Persian Gulf, you know, if you look off, you're, you know, flying the a track, look off far enough. You could see the, uh, and the air is very clear there. You could see the uh, snow in the mountains in Iran. Um, so just, just a lot of very memorable experiences. Um, of course, getting shot at, you don't forget, so.
0: Yeah, I imagine so. Um, I am curious to know, uh, however, you know, Of all the many military aircraft that you've flown in your career, um, what what would you say is probably your favorite? And why might that be?
1: Um, The I've got time in 32 different aircraft, um, everything from uh, the Goodyear blimp uh, to a MiG-15. The uh, probably F-18 and the X-31 were my favorite aircraft to fly. Uh, just the performance and handling qualities and maneuverability, uh, the the systems integration. You know, I mean, if, if you look at you know cars today, look at how how the the instrument layout and the ergonomics has, has changed. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the same with fighter aircraft, uh, probably only more so. The drastic changes between generations of, of aircraft. Um, so the F-18 was uh, you know a fourth generation fighter line the most advanced one the Air had at the time. Um, you know, now there's, there's, you know, newer, cooler ones, you know, the F-22, the F-35. Um, if I, if I could go back, I would love to get some stick time in in each of those. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and just out of curiosity, I know you mentioned you, uh, had always known you wanted to be a pilot, um, and up in the air, you know, was there anything when you were a kid or, or as you were growing into becoming a pilot yourself, um, you know any experience in the air that, uh, you know, really drove you to want to to join the military and, and fly some of those more advanced crafts?
1: Um, I, I just you know, ever since I was little, well, I was just you know fascinated with airplanes and aviation. You know, I've read about it, you know, watch, you know every movie, um, and uh, it's just. Just something you know, from a very early age, I decided I wanted to do it. You know, one time I was probably about nine. Um, my uh, father got me a, a ride in a, uh, a lot of light light aircraft. Um, that was my first time ever, you know, flying, and I, and I just loved it. So um, it really charged my batteries and and helped reinforce that that was what I wanted
0: to do. Yeah, for sure, and. I, and I- know a common dream of a lot of kids um you know it's maybe a little stereotypical but um you know definitely aspirational and, and understandable in my opinion is uh is to be a part of nasa and and you definitely achieved that i would say you've um, been a part of, of missions to go as far as any band has gone and, and support the organization and and going to space in the international space station. So I'm just curious, you know, in the beginning of your military career, was it always a goal for you to become a NASA astronaut or, or did the opportunities, um, you know, from the service kind of just lead you to that? At, At what point did you, you know, know or was the opportunity available to you to, to join NASA as an astronaut? Um, thanks
1: Blake. I mean, it, uh, I mean, probably unlike the majority of astronauts, it, it was not a childhood goal for me. It was, um, it was always kind of, you know, didn't really cognitively realize it at the time, but it was always something um, that was, you know, on the news or on the cover of Time Magazine and the newspapers. Um, and I, I mean, I followed it passionately, you know, growing up, um, you know, um, Neil Armstrong, you know, the, the, you know, first, you know, people to walk and work on the moon, um, but, It really didn't become something uh, real for me um, until I was interviewing for test pilot school. Um, I I was visiting uh, Protection River and uh, the senior marine there um, was a former astronaut. Um, And it it was it was at that point in my life, you know, his name is Brian O'Connor, that um, I realized, you know, he's a real person, you know, it is flesh and blood and, you know. you know, if I, you know, can become, you know, get a slot to test pilot school and do well there and do well in my test pilot school career that, you know, maybe I could do that too. So it was, it was a very late thing for me um, and definitely a, uh, a challenge.
0: Yeah, certainly. And, and I know one of the challenges that, um, you know, comes with with joining NASA and, and being a pilot is, uh, you know, the training that might be involved in becoming an astronaut. I think that's just such an interesting thing Um, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit of of what that training was like and maybe a little bit about your shuttle assignment with uh, the STS-113 as well.
1: Sure. Um, The the training is um, it's it's quite challenging and it it, um, it's a a year dedicated training initially that all the astronauts go through. You go through with your class um, and they're actually called they call you astronaut candidates at that point. Once you complete the initial training, there's a, a graduation ceremony, and then you go and you do more training uh, as long as, along with getting assigned a, uh, a day-to-day job. Uh, so you'll have a, a normal job, uh, really wasn't ever, you know, 40 hours a week. And then you had to study at night, um, and when you're not doing a job, you do simulators. So very, very all-encompassing, uh, quite challenging. Um, the uh, some of the things I got to do, um, I got to do uh even though pilots aren't typically don't do uh EVAs or extra vehicle activities or spacewalks anymore. Uh I was able to go through that training. It's fantastic. Um and they do it now in the uh, neutral buoyancy lab at the NASA Johnson Space Center, basically a giant swimming pool um where they actually have at that time mocked up sections of the International Space Station. We would go down in that at Wilver in, um and we You know, spacewalk and and, uh, work on the uh, assembling the the space station. Um, Other things we do, you know, a lot of practice in the uh, the space shuttle simulators, uh, learning the systems, um, doing a practice space shuttle approaches at the Kennedy Space Center, and also out at White Sands. Um, So it was a great training. I I was able to be a Capcom capsule communicator uh, and use in mission control a number of missions. Um, I was assigned as the pilot on SCS-113, um, but then the uh, pulling G's for years as a uh, fighter pilot and test pilot caught up with me, and I uh, unfortunately blew it out a couple discs in my back about three months before launch. Um, so I, I tried to tell them, you know, no, I'm fine, you know, I, I can, and they said, no, you're, <laughs> you're really not. So I, I, I got medically benched um, and did not actually fly in space, but I uh, loved my experience there. Uh, and, again, another case of, um, of wonderful, challenging work, um, incredible people, and lifelong friends.
0: Yeah, and my last question relating to your career is is kind of where you're at in your point now and, and how you're able to continue to pursue pursue your passions with Lidos and, you know, some of the things you enjoy the most about continuing on in aviation at this stage in, in your career and life, you know, post-violence. Post-
1: Sure. Um, so I was, I was working um down at Stennis Space Center. Um ended up working with uh, Doug Paulson, you know, one of the one of the board members for uh Bob Active Valor. Uh, this was you know back in 2018 pre-COVID. Um and you know um Doug is you know a native Cleveland, you know, huge baseball fan. Um and he he's the one that uh got me my first exposure to the uh you know the award ceremony, the you know, actor valor um itself. Um and then uh you know I uh about you know I guess about a year ago um you know I reached out um and you know could dog and said hey you know how do I get more involved um you know I was able to successfully get you know Lidos to become a corporate sponsor for the Bob Keller, uh foundation it's just a it's it's a great thing, you know, trying to reach out, uh, do well for our veterans, um, and, uh, you know, bring those values and the contributions, um, and Bob Feller's example to the youth and Americans today.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, um, I know you mentioned when Doug was a big Indians fan, and I understand you're a a Massachusetts native yourself, so, um, I mean, I, I gotta ask as a Yankees fan, uh, um, you know, what was it like growing up in, in Massachusetts area? And at what point, you know, have you always been a Red Sox fan and, and what point did that fandom really kick in for you?
1: I, I've always, always been a Red Sox fan. Um, you know, since as, as far back as I can remember, uh, the good news is for maybe uh, many of the viewers is I was never a Pats fan. So, um, the, um, just, uh, you know, going to Fenway um, is just a ex- very unique experience um, and, you know, the history there I and mean, going back to my childhood, um, you know, one of the, the, the people that, that my dad held in high esteem um, was the um, Ted Williams, um, who, you know, like Bob Feller, um, he volunteered, you know, during World War II, he became a Marine Corps fighter pilot, didn't actually get to theater. Um, but then was called back during the Korean conflict and actually flew combat missions and was uh, in the same squadron as John Glenn. Uh, So the Ted Williams' Splinter um, was always a big fan of mine and and part of, you know, why I love the Red Sox.
0: Yeah, that's... Whenever I
1: meet someone from New York, I always ask them, are you a Mets or a Yankees fan? And I'm always pulling that they're going to answer Mets, but, you know... (laughs)
0: Got to have that, that common uh, source to root against for sure. Yeah. That, that is such an awesome, uh, you know, example. I'm sure, um, you know, being a baseball fan a Red Sox fan yourself and, and also a pilot um, just like Ted Williams, that, that is such a great tie-in. And um, we're certainly grateful to, to have somebody with your experience in the foundation and, um, you know, Lidos's partnership as a sponsor for the foundation Certainly thankful for that always as well. Um, CJ, that's that's about all I have for you here. Um, I appreciate you coming on to the, the American Valor podcast today and, and showing support for the foundation. Um, last question I got for you here, and if we're ending on baseball, might as well go big. Uh, all right. You know, what is one of your favorite memories as a Red Sox fan?
1: Oh, uh, um, when they – when they won it all in 2004 um but definitely um you know my, my poor dad he, he his whole life was rooting for the red sox and never never got to see him you know go all the way and i remember you know 69 on the dream team but um i think you know for the younger fans out there um now i was i took school very seriously i grew up high school except for red sox opening day um and uh, me and my close friends, we would—I th- I think that the the statute of limitations has run out, so I'm safe. Uh, we would skip school and and uh, go to, go to Fenway for opening day, um, and that uh, that was always a, a fantastic um, experience.
0: So, yeah, Fenway is on my bucket bucket list for sure. Um, not on my bucket list as as any other. Red Sox titles. we're We're hoping for, uh, number twenty eight uh, here soon for the Yankees. So uh, CJ, uh, I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast and and sharing your incredible story, um, and again, your support of the foundation. and uh, we're happy to have you. you. and I'm looking forward to to working together again here in the future.
1: Same. thanks, Blake.
0: To our listeners, this concludes this episode of the American Valor Podcast. This conversation is brought to you by the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award Foundation, the Department of the Navy, Major League Baseball, USAA, BWXD, Huntington Ingalls, and the Cleveland Guardians. Please feel free to leave your comments in the comment section below and connect with the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Valor Award. You can engage with the foundation at actofvaloraward.org there, you can learn more about Bob Feller, Jerry Coleman, recent nominees of the awards, view pictures, and sign up for updates, including the American Valor podcast and more. For Blake Schmida, Liam Mancetti, and everyone at the American Valor podcast, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>